Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS FM in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. And we are joined by a special guest this week, JD T Bone Smith, which I don't think I've ever said your name That's like that, <laughs> but <laughs> thank he, you. He, yes. uh, of Common Man and T Bone fame, which you can hear on. 97 won the fan weekdays three to six. He's been on here before. And if you're a big fan of nerd association, you probably know what subject matter we're probably going to talk about today, Mm. but I'll throw it over to T-Bone for now. That's correct. Usually when I show up, it's either going to be Batman related or this other universe. And today (laughs) it's the other universe, which is actually a fairly big universe. So I'll ask you more ways than one. Yes. I will ask you gentlemen, what do you think of when I say Ben Kenobi? I think worst alias <laughs> in the witness protection, protection agency <laughs> exactly. of all time. Doesn't sound, yeah, old Ben doesn't sound anything like yeah. Obi-Wan. Like Obi-Wan is a very unique name. So yeah, change that. But unless Kenobi is like Smith or Williams yeah. or Johnson in the Star Wars universe, which granted, I guess I don't know for sure that it's not. It seems like changing your name to Ben Kenobi is still pretty obvious. We joked before coming on to record that, you know, maybe Uncle Owen just like didn't want, didn't care to learn his. It's like, I'm not going to remember that. I'm just going to call you Ben. It's like we, we saw a thing on the screen when we were coming in here. It was an anniversary for uh, Hakeem Elijahwan. It's yeah. like he goes into hiding. Ben Elijahwan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe he could have just gone with, hi, my name is Ken. Ken <laughs> Obi. They'll never catch on. They'll never get it. They'll never know. Even though, even then, though, like Obi is the last part of his name and the yes. first part of his name. <laughs> Wait, his name is Obi. Obi is a name. Is we never o- like Obi Wan Ken Obi. Yeah, so it's not quite it's always, a palindrome, but no, but it has that sort of smacks of that. Anyway, guys, we're talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay, long, good. long drawn out introduction. I'm to, glad to state the obvious, but yes, we were talking about the Disney Plus original series Obi Wan Kenobi, which as of this recording just wrapped up mere hours ago hours ago we're uh, hours i we guess everything's hours ago technically but <laughs> that's I mean, true mere hours ago seconds, depending on seconds ago depending seconds on which ago. one of us it is it was multiple different types of hours like for you what 15 hours is uh, and, and 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 10 hours and <laughs> i will admit i have watched it three to- the oh finale three gosh. times today this is this is again what happens when we whenever we talk to daniel about anything especially related to Star Wars, but probably with other things too, where I'm amazed with how much you're able to pack in (laughs) as far as re-watching these things so quickly because i need sleep is the answer that's right i needed to process it you were like i want to process it three more times he did think it was going to be 90 minutes long so maybe the 51 minute runtime so he said okay i can get this i had all this time not not to get away not to get so far sidetracked but there were rumors that the 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 finale was going to be basically a full-length movie and it was not and i think that's good i think it didn't need to be it It didn't need to be i thought it packed in quite a bit i thought the series in general packed in quite a bit before we get to that, I kind of want to have you two and then me weigh in on, obviously we follow these things professionally, but personally speaking, like one, did you even know there was an Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming until your your buddy Daniel said, hey, there's an Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi show coming? Or was this something that you had any sort of personal excitement about? 
I knew it was coming. Um, I would say I had some personal excitement about it. Probably less from like a Star Wars uh, stance, but just like, oh, Ewan McGregor coming back, and he's such a good actor, so that's yeah. that's exciting. And then, you know, Darth Vader's showing up. Darth Vader's just such a cool character, so anytime he's going to show up in something, you get excited. And I would say I probably was less excited after I didn't enjoy Book of Boba Fett sure. as much, but for me, this beats out Book of Boba Fett. Oh, I would I th- hand over Fett. I thought it yeah. was a lot better, um, yeah. even though it's still might suffer from some of the same issues on the surface, like clearly not being able to, over that course of time, spend the same amount on every set that a movie budget might. And you can see that in some instances, but this one just had a better sense of adventure and a broader scope that you look over that stuff, and I was just enjoying my time watching it, whereas it became more apparent as I was watching Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I I was aware of it mostly because what I do is I will watch the most recent Star Wars thing, and then right after I watch it, I go, ooh, what's the next thing? Yeah. And so then that's when I started like, oh, yeah, they're doing a Kenobi thing. And so then wasn't there something like right at the end, maybe like when Book of Boba Fett was over, there was like a now watch the trailer for Kenobi because I think it like came out sometime. There was like a, a bigger trailer or something that came out around the end yeah. of all that. So they they knew what they were doing. They were trying to get you ready for, right. hey, five months from now, six months from now, new series. So, yeah, I, I definitely had some awareness of it from that standpoint, but not from like you know, two years before or whenever it would have been announced. Yeah. That's Disney's new play. Instead of after credit scenes, they just show the trailer. That's what they did after uh, the Spider-Man movie. I, they just showed yeah. the trailer for Doctor Strange. I mean, I have to say there are some, in general, there are some situations where you don't need a post credit scene. And in that case, yeah, use it for marketing purposes. Because usually, even then, even if it is the trailer, like for Doctor Strange, for example, mm. uh that was the first time people were seeing that trailer. It was still special. It was still the the first time you were anyway. But it still feels like oh, I waited throughout all these nah, credits whatever. for it. No, although I, I had the problem of the first time I watched and I saw oh, there's seven minutes left. Yeah. After the was there's got to be an end credit scene and then I go through and it's like no, nope, they're showing you a who, lot of credits. Who did the dubbing in France? <laughs> yeah. Who did the dubbing in Poland? <laughs> who did the dubbing in every country that they put this movie out? And I was like, well, that's cool that they're acknowledging those actors yeah. and people who made that, but. I kept going all the way through it and going, oh, all right. I guess You're sitting there trying to connect it. the dots. What do the German voice actors have <laughs> yeah. to do with Kenobi? I'll, I'll be honest. I watched it right when it dropped, and I did not bother to stick around for an end credit scene then. And then when I watched it first thing this morning, I looked up as the credits were playing. Like, is there an end credit scene? And someone, some, some jackass, I don't remember who it was, wrote an article that was like 12 paragraphs. And it was like, but I guess you're wondering, like, oh, after geez. having read, you know, a thousand words, is there one? And then it was just like, no. I was like, you son of a bitch. Like the, like the recipes that tell about uh, their yes, summer exactly. in Nantucket. Oh. We're, okay. <laughs> I want to just say, give you a little history lesson that when Disney bought Star Wars. And when they started talking about we're developing these projects, the Kenobi film was one of the first projects that was announced. We're developing it. No timeline, no, but like this is in the works. And then Rogue One has has gotten a warmer reception now, you know, a few years on. But at the time it was like, eh, and then Solo. And then Disney was like, man, eh, we're not spending a whole lot more money on these right. one-off movies because you guys are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. so. In some cases, rightfully so, because I actually enjoyed Solo. I watched it yeah. like two years after it came out. I was not like, I didn't watch it when it came out. Yeah. I heard all the bad press, and I was like, I'll get to it eventually. Sure. 
And then when I went back and watched it after having such low expectations, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Likewise. So the good news, bad news of that is, bad news, we had to wait an extra seven years or whatever to get this show. But it was a show. We got to have, you know, hours of content that we wouldn't have gotten if it was a film. And I've watched Star Wars now for blah, 25 years. And Obi-Wan Kenobi has always been my favorite character. And so you have to understand how excited I was when there was a movie, potentially, but especially when there was a show. To have this finally coming, you know, seven-year-old Daniel was would have loved to have seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and really lap all that up. So, so even when it was just Alec Guinness, that was still your... I loved, yeah, even okay. then. I, and, if, when, and, of course, you know, I watched the original trilogy on VHS, but I saw it in the theaters when they did the re-release in 97 and 98. And then the prequels came out the next year, and I, and I was the right age to really get into those and enjoy them and understand them. And, of course, that means that Ewan McGregor is as much Obi-Wan Kenobi to me, and I think to a lot of people, as Alec Guinness. In fact... Now, especially, but even before, time-wise, he's played Obi-Wan Kenobi more than Alec Guinness has. Well, even on yeah. screen. Right. I mean, yeah, even if so you much put more the two screen trilogies. time before. Yeah. yeah. But, but the other part of that for me, and that's a good point that you bring up because I'm a little older than you. Yeah. Not saying it in a judgmental way, yeah, just no, saying that, like, are. when I went to see the prequels, I found Ewan McGregor to be such a joy to watch. Yeah. But in my mind, I was supremely disappointed as, you know, at the time, a lot of people were with the prequels. So I found myself overall having a negative impression of the prequels initially because sure. I I didn't like the first one, Phantom Menace, I was not a fan of, even though now the pod racing, it's, it's I enjoy it more than I used to. Yeah. But because of that, everything after that became kind of like, well, how bad is this one going to be? Uh, I guess it wasn't quite as bad, you know, whatever, but, but he was always the bright spot. Yes, he was. If, when but people, even when people were I mean. really critical of the prequels. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, but it, at least you and McGregor's great. There's at things, least that thing yes. is great. There's things you might let randomly like about the prequels, whatever it might be, maybe the hamminess of the em emperor and, you know, Palpatine and stuff. But I think objectively speaking, Ewan McGregor is, yeah, the best yeah. part of those movies. Well, and so that's why I say like, for this series, I was very excited because this was the first time where I was like past all that prequels mm -hmm. weirdness. I got over it. I've rewatched them many times since and come to appreciate them for various things that maybe I didn't appreciate the same way I appreciated the original trilogy. Right. But this one, it was like, okay, I know they're not going to make some of those same mistakes, but I'm still going to get to see Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan. Right. And so that had me really excited to watch this series. And then that's about the only thought I had going into it was I can't wait to see Ewan McGregor, one of my favorite actors, playing this iconic role. Right. And gave literally no thought to, well, what planet will he be on? What will he be doing in this exactly. movie? And so I I enjoyed, even though a lot of that may seem obvious to a lot of other people, for me, I just came into it going, all right, so I'm guessing we're gonna have him doing something around, <laughs> you know, hiding out from Darth Vader and all that, but I didn't know where it would go from there. Yeah, other than knowing Darth Vader would be there, I didn't know where the story was gonna take us at all either. Well, and that was a big part of the marketing for the series too, was rematch. We're gonna get to see we're gonna get to see Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. This is the second bout, so to speak, you know, of their three their three matchups. And getting to see Hayden Christensen in some form or fashion, we didn't know what, yeah. in in the role of Darth Vader, in the role of Anakin Skywalker again, which 
Side note, I think it's been really heartwarming to see him finally getting the recognition that he really should have gotten back when the prequels were getting so much hate. And for fans my age who, like, listen— You, you didn't I, hold I'll, it against him as much as maybe no, people— No, I didn't understand. Of course, I was 12 and 13 and 14 years old. I didn't right. know these movies were getting critically panned. I just knew they were awesome. And then when I got older, I was like, <laughs> wait, you mean people didn't like these? Why? <laughs> and, 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 of course, as I've gotten older, I've, I've started to understand— but he didn't Some write the scripts, you know, no, like that's, that's the thing. my major <laughs> problem with all those was the scripts. Right. They were sometimes the dialogue was just but really you, hard to take. But I'll, I'll say as, as a person who who bleeds Star Wars, if you go back and watch the original trilogy, those scripts are kind of they can be stinkers sometimes. Of course. Too. Yes. Yes. Anyway. You're exactly right. And, it, and it's because we had such I watched those when right, I was much you younger. Exactly. So I have a different feeling for those, just like most people do. But yeah, if you look at it through an objective lens, Star Wars has never been high theater. It's always been, it's been pulpy. It's been, it's been a space opera. Yes. And so anyway, expectations were high. Excitement was very high, especially in the Barnett household for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I mean, let's go ahead and get into it. Tell me, tell me your your pros. Tell me your minuses. What are your sort of memorable moments? What do you think? I enjoyed the um, the like I said the adventure part of it. So they were going from different place to different place, and they was you know he was trying to rescue Leia, and they were then they were then they were here, and then they were there, right. and then he then obviously meeting up with Darth Vader and having a few bouts with him, and I like that they were a little more understated. The yeah. the prequels go a little too far into the lightsaber battles with Yoda flying around yeah. and doing backflips and stuff. It's a logical progression from where you see them in Revenge of the Sith versus how they fight in A New Hope. Yes. In a lot of ways. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't that robotic, but it was still like a little, yeah, it, it made more sense there. I was wondering um, if they were going to do this when he was trapped under the, the rock. Spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, you, yeah, <laughs> all spoilers all the time. When Darth Vader throws all the rocks on him, he's trapped under the rocks there and he uses the force to, to get out of it. I was like, are they going to have that, like, expel a bunch of energy and then his hair is going to go all white? And, <laughs> and they're finally going to explain, like, yeah, that gap right, right, right. on how Ewan McGregor in, what, 10, 10 8 more years? Hey, whatever. I, I will say, as someone you who's, go, you go has, white, white someone hair whose quick, facial yeah. hair has recently started to go, like, it can happen quicker than you think. I'll <laughs> yep. just say that. And and there's there's a, two sons on Tatooine. That right, cannot be true. easy on AG you. Like it cannot crap. be. I will add that one of my favorite parts to all this, just as far as a broad favorite thing that I had, was... Watching Princess Leia as the precocious young leader to be, yeah. but seeing some of those notes as a kid, I will say, and again, I throw this out there whenever you guys have me on, I always bring up like, I'm a dad, I have kids, I have girls, I have three girls who I'm sure at least one, if not all three of them will want to dress in one of the outfits <laughs> that she was wearing yeah. when they watched this. We have not all watched it together yet. I just watched it quickly to, to do this. Right. I got notes of like all my girls. I saw moments in each of their lives where I was like, that is yeah. exactly like what I deal with, with my little girls. And so you, from the, like having a million questions to, well, I don't think I want to do that. And I don't think yeah. that's right. And to or even seeing like through, you know, situations in a way that only kids can only kids and, can yeah. see. It. Yes. And, and calling you on your BS when you're like, look, I'm just, we're trying to get out of the mall right yeah. now. I, I don't know if any answers open or not. Let's just get out of here. And then like, and she's like, but why do they, you're hiding something. And it's like, oh yeah, yes, it is open, but we got to go. Like 
I, all of that rang very true. And I for, who I don't know the actress's name. Vivian Lyra Blair is a yeah, newcomer to the scene. I thought, I I don't know. I Again, it would be very weird, I guess, if I kind of were like, that kid actor sucked. But I think well, she... Some, I mean, sometimes... Sometimes, sometimes not like not people great. haven't yelled at the kid actors. Well, yes, in Star Wars, Wars yeah. I thought... She was exceptional. I thought she yeah. did a great job. And I thought that all a lot of those moments of him wanting to do the right thing by her, but just being really stressed out by the process of doing that yeah. rang very true on many human notes and chasing a kid around and you're in, you're trying to escape. And then it's like, Oh wait, now she's over here, but we got to go here and yeah. you're making too much noise and your droid is going off. And like, you know, all this stuff, it, it was very much something that I thought they, they hit a lot of that very well. I, I also thought they did a pretty good job of making that authentic to who Leia as an adult yes. is. And it feels oh, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense that Leia was like this because she's like this as an right. adult. Or you see little nuggets of that personality that, you know, maybe form a little bit differently. But, yeah, I thought they did well, a nice job with that. It's worth remembering, too. So these Luke and Leia are supposed to be 10 years old. They're 19 in Star Wars. Like, Wh- it's it's not really all that like leia is clearly the early bloomer of the two why did one get to go live in super cool town and become (laughs) a princess and the other one was a moisture farmer on a two-sunned planet you know i i think it was just they had to separate them and they had to put them with people who could keep a secret and yeah. there weren't too, and there weren't too many people who, knew, yeah, because even who they could trust. Even before Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader, it was a secret that Padme was pregnant. Yeah, like only a very few people knew that, and Bail Organa was one of the people who knew who the father was, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because he was this sort of trusted and advisor. They couldn't, they couldn't to, keep the kids together, so they did have to make that tough choice. It just really seems yeah. unfair to Luke. It is interesting. <laughs> they did like a Star Wars What If, where Leia went to Tatooine and Luke went to. Alderaan, Alderaan, oh, and it's very funny to see how different Luke is a is kind of a whiny baby in in A New Hope at first, and he's to still see, playing with to that see freaking him toy. Being the young prince, <laughs> yes. yeah, is a it's a very. I want. I just want to say on that point that Leia was a well kept secret. See, no one knew going in that she was going to be there. They had announced that there was a young Luke Skywalker cast. Oh, okay. And so we knew Luke, and of course Luke had to be in it because Obi Wan. Is on Tatooine. Yeah, I did for your benefit. Chops think it was really funny that Luke, who you're always like, I don't need more Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he barely got any screen. Time. Yes, they yes. did, they did actually. That was, they, that was probably a good thing. Yeah, it and, is. If you don't like seeing Skywalkers, though, in general, you do not. I mean, I, again, I don't think you came into Kenobi saying, "Well, there better not." It's like the yeah. Kenobi's a story where it's yes. okay no, that it comes I, back to I did, Skywalker. I did sort yeah. of chuckle, thinking like Luke has, I think, one line. <laughs> yeah, I'm not scared. <laughs> You're right. And we've seen so much of Luke that it is nice that Leia gets her due. Yeah, and I it also, so. and we'll talk a little bit about people's perceived plot holes later. I was uh, wondering why but, young Luke wasn't a digitally de-aged, <laughs> superimposed <laughs> Mark Hamill face. We'll, on also, him. T- we'll also talk about that. <laughs> well, they go the other way, right? Where they, yeah, they yeah. de-aged the older, yeah, exactly. They'll de-age him down to in his 20s, but not right. in his... <laughs> but, but T-Bone, to your point, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I thought that was a delight. And something that in the first episode I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, right. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, it... I, I didn't know either, and I, I was cautiously optimistic that it would go well, and yeah. I would enjoy it. But again, I, I will admit, I am someone who tends to enjoy Star Wars things more than The most, average bear. Yeah, than the average Star Wars fan who will be a little more critical. So I may not be on the 
But I think that one, even the more critical Star Wars fans, I, I think surprisingly, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen criticism of it. Yeah. I think or, if you're yeah. being critical and cynical, you might say like the the little chase scene where young Leia gets sure. kidnapped. But it it, it makes sense super. that that's really quaint and like okay. tiny because they're chasing after a child in the forest and they're not trying to they're not trying to kill her. Yeah. And then flees there. Yeah. Oh, I can flee there. Okay, that's a great point. That is literally running after my two-year-old. You turn she, into a bumbling here's idiot. The thing. <laughs> yes, you turn into a clumsy. Because they can duck into well, anything. And it's, <laughs> it's not just that. Like, running in an open field. I've She's run away from me. Like, just we play kids play soccer, and we'll be at the soccer fields. And she runs away. And because I'm afraid of, like, well, I don't want to trip and fall. And right hurt this kid i'm just trying to pick her up but you do find yourself being like yeah you don't i'm right there and yet how did i not get her like it's it may not be that the reason they did that but i can say that that actually rings true at least in my fat ass experience i have a tough time (laughs) staying with my kids so maybe that is real but we we haven't talked about one of the probably best things at least i thought about this whole series which was the amount of just sheer lightsaber hand-to-hand combat that we got as a, again, a kid who grew up watching this stuff, this, I have a question for you. I can't. Yeah. I don't get enough of it. Is what I'm saying. So you give me as much of it as you want. I'm here for it. Because you've got Vader with a saber. Yeah. You've got Obi Wan. And do any of the other Jedi's ever actually use their lightsaber? Mm-hmm. There are other Jedi's in in they there. But, up, yeah, yeah, but they don't use their lightsaber. I mean, the Inquisitors do. Yeah, and that's, well, that was my question. I thought there were only two Siths. At yeah, a time, so, so are these about... defected Jedi's that are working for the Empire, so but they're still Jedi? Let's like... fill in some lore. Okay. The Inquisitors are a group of former Jedi of different various ages of development or whatever, who basically, when Order 66 happened, a few were given the option to join up or die. And a lot of them were actually Temple Guards. So the Grand Inquisitor was a Temple Guard and basically Anakin comes in and says to him, you have the choice to join me or get slaughtered. In the Grand Inquisitor's case, it's and of course they're Sith, so well, they're dark side users, so it's always petty bullshit, right? <laughs> he hadn't been allowed full access to the Jedi archives, and so he had a grudge to settle against the Jedi. And so he's like, yeah, I'll kill him. I'll kill him all. Okay, interesting. Um, but to your point... Sith are always two, yeah. the master and the apprentice, but there's always this thing where the way that the apprentice becomes a master thereby is by killing their master. And the Sith, basically, it's like if you're not powerful enough to fend off your apprentice's attacks, or if they think they can take you and they successfully do it, like you don't deserve to be the one Lord of the Sith, right? Right. And so the Inquisitors, in some sense, are kind of like understudies for Vader. So if Vader ever overthrew Palpatine, theoretically, whoever's the Grand Inquisitor would become his apprentice. They never frame it that formally, though in the comics they kind of do get into that amount of detail where he basically is like, you're trying out. You're trying out for if Palpatine ever bites it, or if if Vader bites it, you're trying out to be the next apprentice. But no one's ever really gone. That's correct. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> so talking about the uh, the Inquisitors and the Reva is yeah, the... The third sister. Yeah, she's the third sister, and she's like the main one we're following as sort of like the main antagonist or sec, you know, sure, at least Darth Vader part, too. Yeah, the first half of the yeah. show at least. Just to be clear, there are... Well, nine. 
Well, okay, but in the, yeah. the ones that we see, we end up seeing, what, four of them? Correct. The in Grand this? Inquisitor, the third sister, the fifth brother, and I think the second sister. Oh, okay. They don't, right. or fourth sister. They don't give her as much screen time. They yes. don't really say as much she about She kind of, like, but, called in an airstrike or something yeah, at one point. Basically. I feel like that's basically, like, or, or something. Like and she she's one, in the comics one quick thing. and has some stuff in the comics. Yeah. But, yeah, they didn't give her a ton of airtime. Yeah. So okay. with, with Reva and Moses Ingram, I felt like I was on a bit of a, of a roller coaster with my opinion of the role because I watched the first two episodes like the first day they came out and I like Moses Ingram. I think yeah. she did a really good job in uh, what is it, the Queen's Gambit. I think she's really good in that. I don't know if she pulls off the like badass stuff very well. And I was thinking that and I looked at Jen and we both kind of had that opinion. And then two days later, there's a bunch of people who make it like <laughs> you feel really bad if you're like critiquing the performance, but it's not that I'm not one of the racist people sending hate messages to her. Um, but then the series goes on and you're like, maybe she's not pulling this off as a performance part because she's kind of being a double agent. So, yeah. And then, so I, then I I'm wanted, like, I don't know how to evaluate I, the performance. I wanted to ask you, do you feel any different? Because I was with you. However, I will say from moment one, I knew of the five younglings that escaped i was like that's going to be the third sister yeah so i had it in my head right away whatever her and and of course i knew that inquisitors are almost always fallen jedi i I don't Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i can't say with one hunt like oh yeah 100 percent of them were at the jedi temple i can't say that for sure but i know well enough of the ones we see like any amount of they're all former jedi and so i said that's going to be moses or reva and that's going to be a huge part of her motivation, mm. either that she blames Obi-Wan Kenobi and like has this vendetta or that she's not really full throatedly in this as. <laughs> so know. then it's yeah. So then I'm then once I learned that fact, I'm, now I'm questioning. I'm like, so was it actually a really good performance because you, you feel like there's a facade to right. her, her badassery and her angriness of being an inquisitor. And then it goes on and then, you know, she gets the chance to do it, but she's still kind of doing it for the wrong reasons when she's chasing after Luke yeah. and then her best scene probably of, of the season is that final scene where she, she's breaking down and crying and Obi-Wan's explaining that it's good that you I, didn't give in to your dark impulse. I would, there. I would argue I don't disagree with that. I would argue just as good as the scene where they're negotiating through the, the doors. Oh, and everyone's yes. like, yeah. ah, you're hunting. But that's him. also similar where she's letting down that, right. the, the whatever the facade guard. she And has. I agree. I do think she's better when she is, let's say, honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> as a I think it would be, I think it wouldn't ring true. Again, me giving professional actors <laughs> advice on how to do their jobs. But I think it wouldn't ring as true if she was like so full-throatedly badass yeah. that you're like, how is this same person in inhabiting this other reality? Yeah. How could that be if she's also this person who's really unsure of what she is? She had basically no childhood. She's from early from early in her time as being this force sensitive kid. She's dealt with nothing but trauma. It would not make sense if she was just like a full throated one hundred percent badass right out of the gates. And, and keep and, in mind, she's supposed to be an eighteen or a nineteen year old. So she might, yeah, maybe and, that's also just the way. And also yeah. think about how Anakin Skywalker was. He w- put on this air of being more of a badass than he was when he was that age because yeah. he didn't have a reputation. He was yeah. this sort of. Kylo does it too. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess th- I think it felt it's very this much thing in that with vein, force yes. users where like, especially dark side force users, where they think they have something to prove and usually they do because that's how the Sith set it up. You always are trying to prove yourself. 
And so I, I agree with you that at first I was like, I'm not sure about her in this role, but I think she really grew into it over the course of, yeah. the, of the show. And uh, yeah, in retrospect, when you know that maybe there's a part of her that's holding back. So I would, I, you know, sometimes when you know the twist to something and you go back and, and watch and it go, again, yeah, it's I like, oh, this scene makes a lot more yeah. sense now. I'm thinking of like the sixth sense and stuff like that. When you know a, a twist like that, you're like, okay, now I get the the one, the actual character and why they're acting that way. And then two, maybe why the actor chose to do it this way, because she knew that that was going to be her character's motivation yeah. as she was going through the series. By the way, if you need a really good example of that from a totally not Star Wars source, yeah. go watch Arrested Development season two, Charlize Theron's character, <laughs> where <laughs> the entire season when you're watching it, you're going, what is Char- What is she even doing in this yeah. role? What is happening? And then you get to the end of the series and, or the season, you go, right. Oh my! Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! And of course, it's Arrested Development, so they show you all the they moments. They show you, you should all the moments you should have known, um, and you're like, I can't. How did I miss all that? Anyway, I, yes, that that's a thing. One more thing for me with the Inquisitors, because yeah. two Inquisitors, both two that were called Grand Inquisitors in this sure. series, seemingly die by a by a lightsaber strike. And actually, one, it's weird. The thing that makes the lightsaber a great weapon is also what makes it not a great weapon that because it, it immediately it cauterizes them, the wound, so nobody ever bleeds out. So you have to like repeatedly like hit them or like off, chop basically. them off yeah. them yeah you have to cut them in half basically. so i there's a really interesting and i i didn't come up with this there's a great there's a great star wars youtube channel called star wars explained who had a video is like how come qui-gon got stabbed in the stomach and died and the inquisitors didn't first of all because the narrative needed that and that's usually <laughs> like usually yeah, that should be a good right. answer but there is this thing with well, first of all, Powans, which is the species that the Grand Inquisitor is, have two stomachs. So getting stabbed in one of them isn't necessarily a death sentence. Fun little note. Okay. Something everybody should know. Something <laughs> everyone should know. Light side force users don't fear death because they believe that when you leave this physical form, you join the cosmic force, right? Mm, right. So they don't have any reason to fear that. Because that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like going to heaven or reaching nirvana is much more sure. what it's like. Yeah. Going to elf heaven. Going to elf heaven. <laughs> yeah. Going, going to Valinor. <laughs> Dark side force users don't have that. Their spirits don't get caught up in some great, they're sort of, they go to the version of Star Wars hell, essentially. And the Grand Inquisitor says himself, like, oh, revenge is a great motivator. But if, really, it's that they're afraid of death, and that's fear and anger are what motivates Sith, right? So being afraid of your own death is a great way to tap into the dark side of the Force. And they've done a great job of showing that Sith really, really don't like to die. I mean, yeah. the, the way they brought back Darth Maul in the animated stuff, and as I said, no one's ever really yeah. gone with Palpatine. Oh, he's still alive somehow. Well, and look, and look at Palpatine's a prime example, right? He's He... Partially because of his hubris that he just wants to be the guy ruling the galaxy forever, but also because, yeah, there is that fear that if you're the most powerful dark side user, you're the least likely to <laughs> to be caught up in the cosmic force. Palpatine's got it right, though. My favorite moment of the entire thing is the final moment of the series. Obi-Wan looks down at oh, Luke yeah. and says... Hello there. And I, he said the thing. Lost it. There's also in that moment. It was, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Had to be said. There's also the moment where he does the, the lightsaber stance with the two fingers out. Yeah. And it's like, I did the thing. Yes, he did. (laughs) Yeah. Little fan service never hurts. I just want to say that I thought Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace were surprising standout performances in this show. 
One, because they both clearly went back to the prequels and studied the vocal patterns of Phil Brown and Shelley Francis, I think, are the actors. I was going to be so mad if you got those wrong, so I'm <laughs> glad you got them right. The, the the woman who played Baru, her name is actually spelled Shelley, like Shillelagh, and so I don't know if it... I actually don't know if it's Shelley or Shillelagh, but anyway. Point being, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace, I think, were awesome in those roles, and I'm glad they got to have screen time. I'm glad they got to show... You know, Owen always comes across as such a dick in A New Hope, but you get to see that it's because he cares about Luke. He knows that Luke leaving his sheltered little place makes it a thousand times more likely he's going to die. Oh, sure. And he thinks of Luke as his son. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gave a lot more. I mean, not that we didn't already know this stuff when you've seen the original trilogy, but it did give a lot more color to why it's not like any other the country bumpkin yeah. things, the, the similarities and of that's like, true don't too. leave your hometown. Yeah. You don't leave us all here. Why do you want to go off and, to the big school? And, and, it's because, like, and that's, that's true. And this, again, that's true too. Some of that is true, but, yeah. but it's like when you realize the depth of that, it's a lot more than just how am I going to do all this farming without right. you, Luke? It's not just that. It's this kid's going to go off and die because he's just like his father. I think yeah. that was a yeah. cool opportunity for the actors playing him in this. And they, they reprise their role from yeah. episode three that, because Owen and Baru aren't the most iconic characters in Star Wars, but they're around. Yeah. You'd really, they really did have a tremendous opportunity to encapsulate them. And really, it like as far as like, oh, this character, this is different from how you imagine them in, in those first, the original yeah. trilogy. But it's like those ones, that really feels like it's the same people. Yeah. Like if you watched it all back to back, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Owen and Baru. You'd feel the continuity. And like, it's, and especially again, the vocal stuff. If you've now, I haven't gotten a chance to do it. I probably should have done that today is go watch A New Hope, right? <laughs> I tell you, Joel Edgerton got that, the Owen vocalizations down. Uh, Pat, I don't think if you put them side by side, I don't think you'd know the difference. And That's I just thought that was really impressive. Yeah. And Baru too. Go back and listen. And I've said this several times. Go read Star Wars from a certain point of view for A New Hope. In particular, the Empire Strikes Back one is also good. So from a certain point of view, the, those books are a series of short stories written by a bunch of different authors to commemorate the 40th anniversaries of these movies. So the, the Return of the Jedi is going to come out next year. But there is a short story about Baru shortly after she's killed sort of joining as she's like joining the cosmic force and reflecting on what her role was in keeping Luke safe and what her role was in sort of keeping the homestead. And you realize Baru is this much, this much more complex character than she's ever given the time for in a new hope. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot more going on under the well, hood, give, I guess. Give Disney another 10 years. And we'll have a whole Baru series that I we mean, will get to. I kind of, in a way, I think, well, I, I don't think, saying, think they need a series. No, I think this they, was the right way to explore it, but they, they definitely, I'm saying yeah. like, that's the kind of thing that <laughs> Disney has going for when it's like, well, what else could we do? Yeah. If, if you want really, to, yeah. if we are so many characters like right. that, that have just enough to do on screen that everybody goes, Oh, I really it, like them. Well, down the road, I'm not saying they're going to do a Baru series, but you know what I mean? It would be... People would want to see more of some of these it characters. It would actually be kind of cool for them to make an anthology series of some of the best of those short stories. And I think sure. hers would be one. There's a really great one with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon communing, like, in, in the way that you see them kind of start to do at the end of this show. There's one, like, R5-D2, the red astromech droid, is apparently slightly Force-sensitive. <laughs> okay. And he, like, knew that R2-D2 needed to be the one to go on to be sold and so he like intentionally <laughs> blew his motivator 
Anyway. <laughs> oh, while we're on droids, uh, two things from this little conversation. While <laughs> yeah. we're on droids, I really like that Leia's character like cared for droids yep. like they were people. I thought that was a cool detail. And the other thing, if we're talking about what's next, I got the sense that they're at least laying the groundwork that O'Shea Jackson's character could be in something. The because, path, because, certainly. Yeah. yeah, because Obi-Wan goes, there's not a lot of, it's something like this, like I there's just, not a lot of leaders left, keep going. And yeah. I'm just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think they're setting themselves up, and I actually think that would be a pretty cool show. And also, we've talked about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and I think we've talked about the fact that there's a sequel, it's a video game, and mm-hmm. there's a character in that named Cal Kestis, who's played by Cameron Monaghan, and the character in the video game looks like Cameron Monaghan, and yeah. of course now there's rumor that they're going to give him a show. I think that's the show. I think the show is him joining forces with some of these people involved in the path and how they help rescue these younglings. And, of course, they set up Quinlan Voss, who is a fan-favorite character from... He, like, makes this cameo appearance in Phantom Menace as an extra, but then they liked his look so much that they turned him into a full character for the Clone Wars, and I think we could actually see him on screen in something like that. With the uh, the path, I did... Um, for me, this was kind of funny. Like, when they were escaping the... What is it? Fortress Inquisitus. Inquisitorious. Yeah. yeah. Um, which that looks great. That's one of the way, ones. That's they, a location from Jedi Fallen Okay. Yep. They, they spent a lot of money on that shot. That <laughs> yeah. that looks really good. But when they're finally escaping, it's Reva who throws that like bomb at yeah. the at the the ship that's that like gave them enough cover for right. them to escape. And like that goes down, and I was like, oh no, not that guy. Like it was that was a, like a few too many characters introduced in subsequent fashion for me to yeah. really care about that guy dying. I think it's more his the look on his face when he's like, "Oh, I didn't even think I might get killed." Well, yeah. and, and the I think that's what from, gives it from either, the other yeah. pilot too. Of like, I didn't think we weren't going to come back. I can't right, believe yeah. I'm back. I and just he's thought, not. Yeah, yeah, I just thought this was a standard. I mean, we're flying like the speed. Those speeders are basically tugboats. Essentially, that's like that's yeah, the right. role they play. That's why yeah. they have the grappling hooks. Oh, um, sure. And okay. so it's like, yeah, I'm just driving like <laughs> I'm driving a Ford Pinto. I, you know, I, into a you know into a war zone. I well, didn't know yeah. I wouldn't come back. When it's, you frame it that way, I mean, it's it's cool that the idea that like the people who are like kind of the beginning of yeah, the, the rebellion, rebellion don't that know it's like. Yet. Yeah, this is going to be a real thing. Right. This isn't just like a hobby that we're going to like on weekends go fight the empire. So. While we're talking about Jedi Fallen Order, the Fortress Inquisitorious is a location from that video game. And actually, there's a couple of moments in this show that if you've only watched the movies, and even if you've only watched the live action shows, they definitely borrow from a video game and from an animated show and put in here. And for those who are like real super fans, which is to say know the the literature, so to speak, it's a little cheap. You forgive it because it's cool, but like... Is that the Jedi Frozen in Amber... Thing. That's that's actually three things. And yeah, that's a thing that's from Rebels. And then the basically the third sister is very much like a, a character that's the second sister in Jedi Fallen Order, who in the end turns against Vader and tries to like kill him to give Cal Kestis time to escape and then gets like so has the turn right at the end, which is like, no, actually, Vader, I'll, I'm gonna kill you, and then just gets obliterated. And the moment where Obi-Wan cuts part of Anakin's, well, Vader's helmet away, and you see his face underneath, and you, like, half hear his voice and half hear Vader's voice. That scene is identical to a scene in Rebels where Ahsoka has that moment where she's fighting Mm. Vader, and she's, like, started to 
realize that Vader is Anakin and has that moment where she cuts part of his helmet away. And he, it's a very similar thing. Like, no, Anakin's gone. I'm Vader now. And then they fight. Yeah. Um, and of course, neither of them finished the finished job. the job. Yeah. So uh, it, in that way, like those moments were almost verbatim lifted and, and it's cool to see them in live action. It's a little like, okay, I guess we've done this before, but I guess star Wars is, you know, George Lucas is famous for saying star Wars is like poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. And so, <laughs> Let's well, talk I, reminded, about, yeah, I was just going to say that yeah. reminded me of like a band that like put an album out and it was an indie you know, release right. and then they get signed to a major label and they're like, oh, hey, let's do those songs again, but now with a better yeah. producer. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like let's, let's put, I mean, not that the other ones suck, but you know what I mean? Let's put this out in a much more maybe wide audience way that more people are even going to enjoy and see this than who saw it previously. Yeah. So. Shout out to Walk the Moon, who's who Jenny Jenny's got a body like an hourglass. The original was better, Nick Patricia. Um, <laughs> there you go. On that scene, I think they did a really good job of managing because uh, I think Better Call Saul does a really good job with this as well. That there's characters that you know, like this character isn't around or this character is around, but still managing to somehow make it suspenseful. Yeah. Even though I know neither of them die in this, like I you. Oh, I you thought the just, same thing. All you just of, have I'm, to know it. I'm very invested <laughs> right. in Leia getting away from baddies yeah. and Obi-Wan saving her and all these things where the whole time I'm watching it going like, you, yeah, know, you know they're the going thing. to make it out, <laughs> but I'm still curious as to how and why. And if that's going to be the big thing I kept battling in this was, is this going to be plausible? Sure. How there, that was my big kind of unforeseen yeah, drama. Is this going to be, is this going to be earned? I read an article from some troll that in, with a straight face, after episode five came out, said, so Star Wars is going to kill off Luke Skywalker now? Here's four possible explanations. Oh, and like, I thought, <laughs> oh, this has got to be a satirical article. I oh, clicked it gosh. thinking, surely they're they're making fun of the people who are, no, straight-faced uh, were like, so clearly they're killing Luke in the next episode. Here's how, how like, how are they going to justify that, Disney? Good night. Anyway, <laughs> maybe some people need to just go outside. Every time we just talk about Star Wars, I say this thing, and I'm going to keep saying it every time we talk about Star Wars. Get off my case. I want as many opportunities as possible to see Darth Vader's getting the reputation that he's earned to be the scariest motherfucker in the galaxy. Yeah, I was thinking about that while and, watching this. <laughs> and if you can't take this as exhibit A in the trial of why Darth Vader is the Banff of the galaxy. Darth Vader really has no business using a lightsaber. It looks cool, but he's, he's so powerful. That, like, right. Why so, are you doing hand-to-hand -hand combat with so, a sword? Like you said, why does he even use a lightsaber? He, he's just deflecting he stopped, things. He's he moving it around. He a ship from taking off. the side out. <laughs> you know, he he caused a, a local, like a, a localized earthquake and made a sinkhole and then just threw half of mountains down on top. Yes. When he just is playing with Reva, yeah. like waits for her to come her. up and then, then gives her back yeah. the other one. And like, oh, yeah. it's great. The Darth Vader that we get in the original trilogy is a little bit more, has learned some lessons, right? But this Darth Vader has, no one stood in his way for 10 years. Obi-Wan apparently is the only person who can match him in a fight. And so, yeah, he's just toying with her. He yeah. just throws, takes the lightsaber off of her, breaks it in half, tosses her half and says, okay. And then, like you said, for the other half of the battle, he's just like using the force to deflect the beams to move himself around and Darth Vader is not he's a big guy he doesn't have like dexterity he's not doing backflips and things yeah. so it's literally just him intuiting when a blade's gonna be in a place and making sure he's not there it's yeah 
I've always thought awesome. that like even going back to the originals, that's always been one of the more enjoyable things of watching Darth Vader in fight scenes is that he's got this lumbering quality mm-hmm. that makes you think he and again, that part of it is because of when they originally made these, you had a giant lumbering human <laughs> yes. inside of yeah. all that, and they couldn't CGI that. Right. But it does give but, him this quality of, well, why is everyone so scared of him? It must be because he is so powerful in other ways right. that aren't imminently visible, like, you know, hulking strength or Im- immense quickness or something. And, and so, then he can just ragdoll stuff with the yes. force. Yeah. And so then seeing him in this one, having still that very slow, methodical movement but then occasionally putting a lightsaber where it needs to be and right. then throwing a mountain on top of Obi-Wan and you get you get a good sense of it, like, yes, that's exactly that rings true. And look at how powerful he was when he wasn't yeah. as restrained because he was still like kind a, of this not not teenager at that point, but he was certainly this, you know, young agro male. Right. I'm so angry at the world Who, and I no one can tell me what to do. And as Darth Vader had to relearn how to fight. Because he couldn't well, true do enough, all right. the stuff that Anakin could do physically, right? So he had to use this, develop these other tactics. And he's yeah. kind of in a similar spot Kylo Ren was in at the end of the sequel trilogy where he's solely focused on one other guy, you know, right. his mentor, actually. Yeah, because that's who, for Kylo Ren, it was Luke. And then for him, it's Obi-Wan. The funny thing is, Kylo Ren was wrong. Darth Vader was right. If he had taken care of Obi-Wan... Things yeah. probably don't go down the way they do for the Empire. Right, for sure. Well, yeah, no, I, I think that's for the baddest mf in the galaxy to be scared of you, that means something. Right. And a little thing, you know, Laura, when we watch the shows together, she always has very insightful questions. And one of them was like, why did Anakin have this reputation of being, even before he was Darth Vader, like, why did he have this reputation of being this, like, war hero, badass, could do everything? Like, why didn't people think that about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I was like, well, actually, people in the know did think that about Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was considered to be as talented a swordsman, as talented, a more talented general, a more talented negotiator. He got the nickname during the Clone Wars of the Great Negotiator. It's just, there's that scene in Revenge of the Sith where they come back from saving the Chancellor, and he says, Anakin, I'll let you handle the politicians. I'm, I'll, you have your day in the sunlight. You be the poster boy. I'm going to just hang over here. Right. But really, amongst the Jedi in the know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was much more well-respected. It's why he was a member of the Jedi High Council in Revenge of the Sith, and Anakin wasn't. Right. <laughs> what yes. is it? We, we grant you title of but we do not, uh, yeah. Jedi Master, but we don't recognize you as part of the council, right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so... Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I think if you are, if you're Darth Vader and you're scared of a person, like that should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it did a lot of, it, it was to me and very enjoyable to kind of see, I would even say Obi-Wan still in his prime. Yeah. Because now he is still this, he's got the added wisdom of the fight may not need to happen. You, right. you saw multiple times where it was like, there's another way. I don't have to go fight him yeah, necessarily. I don't need a lightsaber, not all. Right, yeah. and and doing those things is something where you still see the delineation between him as a very powerful Jedi mm-hmm. and the powerful Sith, and yet he has the restraint. And I think that is probably the that probably gets to one of my little problems. The only real problem sure. I had with this was there are multiple times where you think, "Why don't you finish him off?" In both directions. In both directions. Yeah. And I'm guessing the answer that a the Star Wars lore would say is this is the restraint that these both like 
or that Obi-Wan has and that Darth Vader Anakin is kind of learning is I've done enough. I'm not worried about this because I know he knows now who has right. won. Like, and, and there's also, I think, a, a little bit of Obi-Wan who knows that Darth, because Darth, Darth Vader is the one who says there's no Anakin. Anakin's, right. And, and Obi-Wan's and like, that's thinks, not true. Well, and, he, and I think Anakin, Darth Vader thinks he's digging at Obi-Wan by like taking something away from him. He thinks Obi-Wan is proud of the notion that he killed his best friend. Right. Mm. Anakin thinks the reason he wants to kill Obi-Wan is because he wants to do it's revenge. Mm -hmm. And he thinks by saying like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did that. That's somehow a dig to Obi-Wan's ego when in fact it's the thing that lets him release his guilt. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause when you talk, it's revenge of the Sith, it's return of the Jedi. Right. And, and well, and, and he, and I think in that moment, Obi-Wan realizes like, the person that I tried to kill on Mustafar was not Anakin Skywalker anymore. Yeah. So, you know, then, the, then the guilt's taken away. And I, it, there's also, there's that line in Return of the Jedi where Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did that I could be redeemed. Mm -hmm. And I think probably after Anakin reflects on this fight and realizes Obi-Wan walked away. I don't think, I don't think Anakin's dumb. I think probably he thought about it for 12 more years and realized like, you know, Obi Wan could have killed me then. If he, if what he had, if what he really wanted to do was kill me, he could have done it then. But he didn't. And shoot. And then, right. of course, that also means Obi Wan Kenobi's the better man. Yes. Yeah. And well, he's it, the more it, and even in that case, he's it kind of it has to ring true that like if if Obi Wan does kill him, then it's like then he's not this Jedi. Like it betrays kind of everything that he is because he's never all the Jedi are not about. Let's go. It's not about taking a life. It's about defending a life. Yes. He says that right. in that fight scene. Yes. Which, by the way, that that flashback fight scene is oh. awesome. And I'm also glad they didn't go heavier on the CGI. I've seen some people yeah, complain yeah, yeah. like, oh, you could de-age, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't it's like, <laughs> because what? We get it. We, we know, know they're older actors. Like, shut <laughs> it's up okay. about it. You get yeah, mad that's... when they do too much CGI. You get mad when they don't do enough CGI. That's shut the most 40-year-old 40, 40 looking 20-year-old in the world. But who, so who cares? Well, right. I, I also <laughs> like how they kept going back to that fight scene as opposed to just doing a minute and a half scene well, and then being like, this is what's going to happen parallels. in this episode. Right. They, it's they, they interspersed it throughout the episode, which is what a you know. really charming moment in that fight. Charming, smart. A really well written moment of that fight is where Anakin has Obi Wan pinned down, and he goes with one hand with the lightsaber and just starts beating it like it's a bat, which is exactly the same move Vader uses against Luke oh, when yeah. they fight. Right, and he cuts his hand off. It's bang, 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 cut. Yeah, right? right, and then Luke later uses against him in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's right. And it's I just, it's very smart writing, and also Vader almost always wields a lightsaber with one hand. There are moments in the Obi Wan fight where it's getting kind of dire, where he goes to two hands, and you're like, oh, he's serious. Yes, like he's, he's you know what I mean. This is this is, I don't know. It's just smart choreography to show there's this thing that Vader has that he's deviating from there's got to be a reason there's two vader obi-wan fights and they go very differently for, yeah. you know and they in another way they rhyme but they go the opposite yeah. direction the thing i liked was the implication that I, obviously you get it luke when you know when he in a new hope he has to start training and learn right. what, what the force is and, and figure all that out but i like the idea that for obi-wan if you don't use it, you lose it yeah. kind of with the force. And he has to, so through the course of that, that week or, you know, a couple of days, 
re-energizes his his force muscle and yeah. works it back out. And so when they fight again, Darth Vader even says something like, "Oh, you're you're like back up to full strength. Yeah. Your yeah. strength is returned." Yeah, yeah. There's this because you see the sort of old grizzled Luke Skywalker who says he has cut himself off from the force right. because it was dangerous to let himself be connected to it. One, because you can feel people in the force and you can track them in the force. Right. Mm-hmm. But two, because he was so, I, I think you're right about if you don't use it, you lose it. But I think the flip side of that is Obi-Wan had cut himself off from the force and he turned the tap back on. Yeah. And so I do think there is him finding his legs and relearning it to an extent, but I also think it's, it's symbolic that he had just completely cut himself off. Otherwise he would have known Anakin was alive because he would have sensed him in the force. If he, and and it's, it's made clear to us. It's a surprise to him that to hear the name Darth Vader, (laughs) it's a surprise to him to know that Anakin is alive. Well, and what's interesting, I thought through all that too, especially that fight scene where, you know, his helmet gets cut open. That's the scene where he says, you didn't kill Anakin. Anakin I I did. Obviously in the very first movie, the episode four, you have the iconic scene where Obi-Wan says, you betrayed and murdered your father. And every, and you know, so many people have had so many problems with that of like, Obi-Wan just what? straight up lied. They yeah. lied. That's BS. Or, it's or like, a loophole or plot yeah, hole or whatever. Yeah. Like, and it's, and, and they use this moment to really kind of solidify, like there's a time where he didn't believe that. Right. And now he has a clear moment where he says, that's what happened. And I can't, I can't you are go no longer the rest my of the friend, way. right? Yeah, like I that cannot works. go through life saying this is Anakin Skywalker in a suit. That is Darth right. Vader, and he killed my Padawan. He killed my friend. He killed right. my plus if you're guy that I to, had hope for. Yeah, you're trying no, to motivate. I think, that's, a, I think that's a really smart point, T Bone. I think there's also just the idea if you're trying to motivate like a young kid to like take this up and do it, and st- it's probably maybe <laughs> not the best. Like, I like, killed your oh, dad. Oh yeah, you're one. Yeah, I killed your dad. Or two. Also, your dad's the worst guy in the universe. Yeah, your dad's like a terrible dude. <laughs> no, I mean, so let's go kill him. There's well, a well, right. He there says could be lots certain, of reasons from a certain for point it. of view. That's the famous line, right? Yes, like from a certain right. point of view, what I told you was true. Yes, I like the idea too that some people were like, "Well, Leia definitely knows Obi Wan," but in her message to him, it's like. Oh, you, you, you serve my knew, father in the Clone serve, Wars, blah, blah, blah. But I like, I, I took the, the explanation that some people have thrown out there. Like, she's just doing it a little bit more covertly because she knows that Obi-Wan, if he gets the message, is going to remember her. And he so stra- she doesn't and need he to say it. he straight up says, like, if people know we know each other, that's bad exactly. for both of us. Yes. And right. so, yeah, exactly. So I don't have a problem with she's the fact She's following that protocol. She, she's right. someone who understands. And in the same way that Obi-Wan says, I don't remember over owning a droid. Of course he knows r2d2 yes he's trying to protect people involved because if he because if he says oh yeah r2d2 he was he was your dad's droid to luke skywalker look at <laughs> right. that can of worms that opens up well right it, it all goes back to that's every- why by the way that's why they had to keep wiping c3po's memory because he kept running his mouth and yes. r2d2 gets to keep his right right i think that's <laughs> it's very interesting at the end of all of that to piece all this together to say Obi-Wan Kenobi has to walk a very, and I'm not sure that George Lucas necessarily planned it that way, but I don't care at the end of closing this loop, what they've done with uh, Kenobi in uh, the the series, I mean, is they've helped you along. If you really had problems with some of these plot holes, like they did with Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. Why, filled is in that, a why was yeah. there that hole in the first place? Why was there a an opening port that would right. allow you to blow up a Death Star? Well, this is why. You know, like you may not like their explanation, but they did at least go through a bit to give you a 
reasonable and, enough explanation for and that. One of the one of the criticisms that I've seen online from people who want to sound really smart, and I really do feel like if this is your position, you you don't get it. <laughs> it's Star Wars, man. It's, Have it's, fun. Yes. This series does this series justify its existence? What the hell oh does that even gosh. mean? Oh my gosh. First of all, this is the project everyone's wanted. Right. Obi-Wan Kenobi across the board is the one that the fans have wanted. I mean, it's been great that we've gotten these other things, don't get me wrong, but like no one asked for Book of Boba Fett. People no. wanted Kenobi from the get-go. Yeah. And so that I, alone I just, justifies again, its existence is right. Star Wars fans kind of want to see this. And yes, there was a tightrope it had to walk to make sure that it didn't violate these two sort of trilogies. Yeah, there yeah. were things they had to tiptoe around to make it make sense. But I don't think they made the series going, well, you know, there were these massive plot holes in A New Hope and we're Disney and we want to ruin it by over explaining. No, <laughs> it's just they can do this story. And in the process of that, they can throw you a few little. Sure. Oh, this is oh, a this cool makes thing. More this sense makes now. this makes sense a little bit better. At the end of the day, if we get to a point where Kenobi, there is a seven part series where it's literally just him for one day of each full week. And all he's doing is brushing his teeth and combing his hair. People then you have, then go, you can say, "Does this justify its existence?" And yes, I sure. think we're. I don't think I we've crossed bananas. that threshold. I would go bananas for that one because can I tell you actually what one of my gripes is? What What is that? One of my. I have two gripes. One of my gripes is I would have loved to have seen a little bit more master and apprentice type scene with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. I really thought when he was buried under all the rocks, that that was when Qui-Gon was going to show up. I thought when he landed sort of, on that planet, when he was in his ship and preparing yeah. the battle, that's when I thought he was going to get it. But at some point yeah. in that scene, it felt like that was the right time and for you, him to yeah. be, say, Master, speak to me. They set it up. We really all thought, like, this has to happen. You, you it Maybe it wouldn't have had to happen except that you set it up in the in the show so much. I guess I I guess I kind of thought we would get a 90 seconds of them having a training lesson of Qui-Gon mm. being like, this is the first time you've reached out to me in the force. Now that you've turned the tap back on, like, I don't dislike it. I love Do that you, Liam I, Neeson is there. I love that. And I just think it was a little so it was a little more casual. But like you said, it, was, it was like it was essentially like Liam Neeson being like. So yes, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> and even when even that last line where he says, we've got a long way to go. I guess in a way, if I, I give me the pen, I want to write it to say we have a lot to talk about. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, we, that- do we have any inkling or has this already been shut down? Like, is there a chance there is another? I don't use, think little so. mini series that would not. They've already done the Kenobi Darth Vader battle. Yeah. We don't need that done again. I don't think but- you I mean, you and Hayden have both said we'd come back and do it again. I hope they don't. I hope right, they don't right. have a, a Kenobi season two. I kind of hope they don't have a Kenobi season two at all. And that's coming from someone who was super excited for the show. I think you've told it now. Yeah. I think if you have Kenobi running around the galaxy to doing all these adventures, I think that cheapens this sort of self-imposed yeah, exile. If they do exile. it, if they do it, I want them to totally lean in to the, in my opinion, most glorious, stupid scene of the of the series, where it essentially for thirty seconds turns into a sitcom, okay. like a soundstage sitcom. When he's sneaking Leia out under his coat, he's the most. <laughs> everybody's looking for this guy. Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. really disguising himself that At much, all. and he's got yeah. four no, legs under him. <laughs> Two you. of them are tiny little children <laughs> legs. I, so if we see that. 
to kind of like you. I think you were getting to the point. Like, is there a chance we do see well, that for I the Qui Gon stuff? I like, hope they make from a certain point of view, and we get that little vignette. We get ten minutes of them being master and apprentice in the Force or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I mean the most I would want to see. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't know if that. I don't know if there's any other way to do that unless, like you said, they told yeah. it some other, like a mini story, not an actual. Yeah, it full couldn't be. A, it couldn't be a full length series. It doesn't yeah. need to be. That was one of my. That was one of my gripes. I just wish that was a little bit more. I wish we could have seen Qui Gon being the master that Obi Wan kept calling out for throughout the show. Yes. In the moment that he needed him, I suppose in a way. There's a book, Master and Apprentice, that talks about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship and how they almost broke up, so to speak. Like, Qui-Gon almost cast off Obi-Wan as his his apprentice because they weren't getting along. And But Qui-Gon turned down an opportunity to sit on the Jedi High Council in order to keep being Obi-Wan's master. It's a really great book. Yeah. But I think it would have been interesting to see a little bit more of the sort of the same flavor because they haven't seen each other in... 12, 13 years. No, more than that. 20 years in canon. Yeah. It oh. would make a little bit of sense for him to be like, you know, not just be like, sup. <laughs> sup, G. <laughs> sup, G. Yeah, exactly. They anyway, the, but the, I still was glad he showed up. They've I, got the Budweiser, like, friends on the phone relationship all I those did, years later, the Super it, Bowl commercial. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of how some adult men have relationships suppose, with friends. But, like, but he was I haven't seen 20 years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. How you I, doing? <laughs> again, I just, yeah, I feel like it'd be like, we got a lot to, and maybe that's the point is it it's, but even when they were master and apprentice, it was a more rigid sort of relationship. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's very interesting, but I, that you, you mentioned problems that you have or the, a small problem with yeah. this chops. Do you have any problems off the top of that, that you came to? Like I said, with the uh, the budgetary constraints, I think that was obvious in certain points, but it didn't like bother me a ton. But there's especially is it episode three where they're kind of running through the tunnels and stuff. That one is the one where you can tell like, oh, they're keeping you, things a little smaller you know here. And they spent yeah. all the money on this episode on him fighting with with Vader, which by, I always think is funny because. I never noticed that stuff, and you're always be like, "Well, you know, the back or the CGI was a little cheap in this scene," and I was just like, "It was, yeah." <laughs> I, that was I, I good. get that. I get what you're saying. I I did not. I mean, I catch believe you. First. I just I never noticed. But any no, like, stuff. well, and, but putting together too, the like they spend a lot of time in that tunnel because that tunnel's probably sure. really easy to film. You, <laughs> you think? Know? Yeah, you that's, think that's of, a good point. I can think that way about certain properties. I don't think I can lose the magic with Star Wars. Yeah, I don't think I can be sit back that critically. I'm, I can think of things like, oh, Darth Vader only wields his lightsaber with one hand. I can think about like, you know, Obi-Wan, boy, should he be able to lift all of those stones and throw them? But that was a power that Yoda learned in season six of the Clone Wars and might have had time to teach him. Like, that's, by the way, my only other gripe is like, did we really need him to lift every rock and throw them like baseballs? Yeah, but to be fair... That's my criticism of that scene in Empire Strikes Back where Vader is throwing crates at Luke. Yes. And he's like badly swinging the lightsaber right. to get hit. Yeah. So anyway. I thought the Vader transitions were seamless enough. I didn't get a total sense that like, oh, it's it's Hayden in the costume right now. So they're doing like an upward angle. And right. clearly he's on a box because my reading, I, three actors played him. when. Hey, I don't think Hayden was in the suit much. Yeah, it was if it was like waist up, like cropped shot. That was general. That was like the time when right. Hayden Christensen was in. It. If it was like more of an acting talking scene, but you could see his whole body. That was the other guy. And then there was a stunt coordinator guy Ooh. who was, I think, the biggest of the three. Right. The other guy was big, too, but the, the stunt guy because was Because David the, Prowse was 6'8". 
Yeah, right. so yeah. You need and, and Hayden Christensen isn't. Yeah, so yeah. you need a big so, guy, and yeah. so which he, is why Sheamus played him in Rogue One. The, the oh, pro wrestler. I didn't Sheamus. realize that. Okay. But yes, because the person who played Darth Vader originally was a British bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was a big. And guy. in canon, Vader's supposed to be like over seven feet tall. No, no. I think. I mean, I think he's supposed to be approaching. I think he's supposed to be the six eight. Yeah. Apparently, but still six eight is huge. Yeah. Star Wars universe. A I'm lot six, like six three. Imagine me with five <laughs> inches and wearing all black. You would run away too star wars is a lot like the wwe universe where it's like your build is seven feet but you're really six ten yeah exactly, or six, eight, exactly. Or whatever. it just depends yeah, on that's you know, a good point but it, i think it does it does give you like you get that like he's really big guys he's bigger than most of the people you seven see. foot eleven <laughs> right yeah the great collie is actually yes, exactly. like what seven ones like yeah, standing yeah. at eight feet tall. yes they always made these guys bigger than they are yeah. but I, let me ask you about this one little issue in the very first episode. Yeah, when the the Inquisitors come and look for the Jedi, and you have <laughs> you have you have the say. other who is the other Jedi? It's not obviously it's um, not Kenobi. It's not Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, Benny Safdie. Okay, yeah, his Ankat character. Ankat Jams. <laughs> Nari. Yeah, I for, okay. Okay, anyway, brother of Ankat Jams. Ankat Jams. You know you have which by the way love the idea of. Trying to hurt someone else to force the Jedi out of hiding. In Great fact, idea. It's it's a trick that Darth Vader uses in Empire Strikes Back. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> exactly right. So yes. it's kind of cool to see those throwbacks. But then you know what I'm going to say. Yep. These very powerful Jedi we now, if yeah. you didn't know that at that point yeah. in the movie. Dark Force users. Right. Have <laughs> a guy who literally flips over an awning or like the equivalent of a couple beach chairs yeah and he drops an awning and that's yeah. what it is and they're like oh no I, way to get around that and i just <laughs> i didn't get if that again i know a lot of the motivation ends up being well they don't have to go get him they're doing something else or they've learned uh, to yeah. restrain themselves or whatever but in that moment it didn't really seem like they had a reason I, to do that i mean i think okay let me play the advocate for a second and say Reva thought he was a shrimp and didn't need to be chased. And the Grand Inquisitor knew that his fear was enough to trace him. Find, you know, that, uh, he, that he would out right. himself. Right. Okay. Um, but yes, I agree. Did not, did not need to drop the awning to make that point. It yeah. was just a little superfluous. I, do you know what? I kind of think it was an Indiana Jones nod. Okay. I kind of think it was that kind of a thing. Well, that's, I think that's it was a thing. joke almost. Because people might say like, well, you're reading too much into that. But the reality is somebody in a room, probably a lot of people in a room wrote down actor yeah. does this, then shot of this, then frame up this, sure. this must drop. I, I kind of like think they it's play a joke. It, Every yeah. single thing has to be planned out that's on screen. So there's always at least some, it may just be the personal writer's preference of like, I'd like something to fall Benny here. Benny Safdie might have accidentally run into a pole and it dropped an and awning they and they, then they thought, you know what? That looks kind of funny. Well, you've, you've heard about the, with Top Gun Maverick yeah, yeah. for those who haven't seen it. But even if you have or have not, this isn't a spoiler, but there's a sequence where a plane flies by as there is a, a very low pass. Right. And the set moved because of the actual air being moved by the real plane that right. flew over it. They did not plan for this. It kind of fell apart, but it looked so good on camera. They're like, leave We're it just in. We're going to leave it. Yeah. So it could, you're right. It yeah. could have been something as simple Happy as that. little accidents like yes. that. I, yeah, I do think sometimes. Star Wars is a universe where everybody <laughs> has a name. What did I? There's like a thing going on around right now that's like dupe shitto or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like I forget what it is, and 
I, I will. There's always going to be like a lore and a name, idea. and there's like, going to be oh, nine thousand yeah, people who really love that, that character. That character is dupe shitto. <laughs> what a! And this is his backstory. Yeah, and this right. is the planet he's from. There's a and chance he's getting a movie his at some point. Has two stomachs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly right. Yes, of course. Dupe shitto. So there's all. So there's reasons why as Star Wars fans, some streams are like, I don't think that that particular part made any sense. I don't it's think like, I need to pay how as many, much attention to that. If we part. had as many other, if all other movies had the Star Wars level of scrutiny on them we'd probably find lots of things we're like well that seemed kind of dumb that that guy could get away in that moment because because we're not thinking about well 17 other times i've seen this guy on screen he did exactly this and this one time he did not so that's why some star wars fans get that way to be fair because they put it all in front of you and make you analyze i talked about well you know darth vader usually only wheels a lightsaber with one hand so when he grabs it yeah i know i am that person well but when they're when they are going to that level of detail with the writing and everything they're showing you and then suddenly and then then an awning falls was there a reason for that or did it just kind of they just did that i don't yeah, know what don't. about the um the return to the roots of it kind of being an allegory for kind of an allegory for world world war ii and when leia and uh obi-wan are first trying to escape and they get on that guy's like bus thing oh, yeah. sure. and he's like just like the a happy-go-lucky yeah. guy but like He's got like the the Empire logo right. on it, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you stormtroopers need a ride." Voiced Hop on by in. Zach Braff. Yes. Oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah. I one didn't. Of, oh, I didn't get that. Okay. I, one of the few sort of like blink and you'll miss it cameos, as far as I know, of the of the show. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. Where it's like this guy seems perfectly nice. He's just like a. He's a truck driver, and he's yeah. going to give you a ride. And also, he's a Nazi. Like, <laughs> all and he's like, you might want to check out these suspicious characters, you know, I got here. Right. Yeah, there, there was a lot. I thought there was a lot of that being said, too, unsaid. But We haven't talked got- about Indira Varma at all, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. It's no, all right. no, no, no. You're right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> My we brain did. jumped three we, to her yeah, holding the grenade. Them in yes, that she scene. saves yeah. them in that moment. Right. And I, th- I thought her character was great. I thought the, the way she set up the path was great. I thought she was super well written. I also love that she was the first person we've ever seen actually use a thermal detonator. Oh, I didn't know that. That I didn't know that she's the first one we've ever seen. Because you know, one. in in, in Return I, of the Jedi, Leia pretends she's going to use yes, the thermal detonator, right. and everyone freaks out. We yes, actually get yes, to see yes. her like pull the pin on the grenade and just let it, you know, that's drop right. It. Am that's I remembering right. correctly that she attempts to fake being a triple agent? Yes. When she gets found out, right? Yeah, that yeah, happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like that. You know, she's yeah, like, it's, actually, it's I, I tricked them, so I'm still with you. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and her and Riva's just like, okay, fine. <laughs> I have other things to deal with right now. She's like, I'm tricking them also, actually. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but they're but the you know what? Both of those, I thought in that moment, both performances there kind of did show that, yeah, these are two people who are still trying to well, in one case, you have someone who does know what she's doing, and she's trying to get the other one to believe that she's not she's doing stri- that. And by the way, I just realized Reva straight up says, "Like, I like a good liar." Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I, I think maybe there. <laughs> maybe we sold that a little short initially. Of like, no, she maybe third sister yeah. is actually with this whole thing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing I'm doing the thing right now that serves me best. I think yeah. that's like, either that's her motivation the whole way through. Is I'm only going to do the thing that serves me best. And so then she's questioning that quite a bit more than I think I initially yeah. got when I was watching. Right now you're either telling the truth and that keeps my cover good or you're lying to me and you're actually doing what I want to right. happen. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, either way. It's yeah, very yeah, interesting because, because as Star Wars always does, if the hero gets out, it's because someone has 
I, but it's because I put a bug on them. Yes. I, put a, I put a tracker on <laughs> of them. Of course, there's always a tracker. There's always a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed how all of this went in this series. I I I will recommend to anyone who is you know the next time there is a thing, the next series we get, whatever it is, which I guess will be back to Mandalorian soon. Uh, Andor is the next series we get, oh, which Andor, is actually right. set in this exact same time period. Okay. So yeah. it'll be, we're getting we're now starting. You know, we've we're getting a lot of this sort of post. Battle of Endor stuff. And that's great. And I want to keep getting it. We are going to keep getting it. But it's cool to see we're also going to start getting some of this between the the yes. the, the prequel and the original trilogy. Yeah. Timeline. Well, I'm, I'm good with that. But I'm just saying, I think the way to watch those is like I watched three on Monday, two on Tuesday. Yeah. And then got up Wednesday morning when the third, when the sixth episode came out yeah. and was done. So by like Sunday at 9 p.m. had not seen one of these. Right. By Wednesday at 9 a.m., I'm the expert. Lots of other people are at work like, oh, I didn't get to see it yet. So it's it's a weird way to live is what I'm saying. But if you can do it, if you can hold off until almost yeah, all of nice them are out, get it. that's the way to do it, I think. I, I think the the series that are more like long movies like this should be the ones that get dropped all at once. I, I the, the weekly stuff doesn't doesn't do it for me with yeah, these you, ones. Yeah, you brought this up earlier, and I think it's a, it's a good point that we watch TV differently. Yeah. yeah. Like series were made for when TVs didn't have a capture device on them or a, you know, way to go back. And so and you see could drop in on any episode. And if you knew the characters, you know right. what's going on. But if you missed if this was in live time and you missed two weeks and tried to watch another episode, you would have you'd be like, no what's, idea what's going on. Where are they now? I, but I, I mean, sure. Uh, one, Disney isn't going to do that because it keeps their subscriber accounts up. By having to watch it over the multiple you to, months, you can't have one free month trial and watch the whole thing. But, You're right. But I would also say, like, I don't know. I like the anticipation. There are very few things in my life that make me feel like a kid on Christmas. One, I'm Jewish, and two, <laughs> I, you know, I don't get, I don't like surprises. I'm a person in my real life. I don't like to be surprised. I like anticipation. I like to know a thing is coming and get excited for it, which okay. is why I love spoilers. I don't care to be surprised. I want to be excited for the thing I know is coming. This is one of the few times in my life I get to feel like a kid on Christmas. Like I didn't sleep well the night that the first couple of episodes <laughs> dropped, right. which was a good thing because they That's dropped fair. them early and I got to watch them before I even went to bed. <laughs> well, so, to your point, though, you if you like the anticipation and watching every week and waiting for those, yeah. you if they do it that way, you can still get that. And then sure. I can still let them all build up, watch them all at once. And I can. And yeah, exactly. That. I, I, that's, that's fair. And this I one was short them. enough, too, where you didn't have to wait that long because it's only, it's it's only the, five weeks. I can weeks. watch an episode three times on the Wednesday and then the next Wednesday watch the new episode three times. And yeah. by the time I've gotten to the end of the series, I've watched the whole series <laughs> three times through and I am an expert. Yeah. The most the, the, <laughs> most, the difficult part is if you are very online in the world of science fiction sure. or Star Wars or any of this or whatever series you like, and then you try to do what I was just talking about. I have three kids. I'm not as – a lot of my follows are not Star Wars related. Yeah. So I didn't see really anything on Kenobi other than, like, the Disney Plus ads saying, yeah. Kenobi, out now, stream it now, you know. So I didn't get any spoilers you I can't you see don't how talk that would, to me enough. No, and, and that's also <laughs> on all purpose. I would have wanted to do is on like, purpose when this stuff comes out. I let can't me talk tell to you. And I put my arms near like Kermit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So anyway, I I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, even Chops, who always has the only bad thing you've said about it is you know some of the 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 backgrounds were a little cheap yeah. looking. That's if they want to go cheap. I think that's that would be a fun one. Do a 
like a sitcom type series of just normal people. No Jedi's, no bounty hunters, <laughs> no Sith, yeah. no Empire, no stormtroopers. Just like people who are like, did you see they blew up uh, Alderaan? Yeah, <laughs> that was that, that I was do, a bit much. I do and it's just say, like an episode of just normal people I do really, living somewhere in the galaxy. I really love moments like that in Star Wars, like when Cobb Vance says, "When the Death Star blew up, no, the second one," and they like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Where it's like this is casual. Yeah. They're in a bar having a drink, and he's like, "When the second Death Star blew up." We were all blah, blah, yeah. You know did what you could you hear about this Vader guy? They're saying he became good, dark Vader. <laughs> yeah. If, again, because you, it's hard to get around this with Star Wars, if the stormtroopers were not based on perhaps the most vile army and police force ever assembled in world history, having those moments they had in The Mandalorian yeah. where they can't hit anything with their blasters, having a series of those two guys... Than but, just yeah. walking around the Death Star doing things while crap is going so on around them. there is a comic book series of these two stormtroopers that are like hapless and and are the like the guys that ruin everything. <laughs> Great. Um, and that exists. Go find it. But I will say, in A New Hope, when Obi Wan goes to the reactor core, there's the two stormtroopers. Like, have you seen the new TC-16s? They're literally talking <laughs> yes. about hot rods in the background. That's right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been there since the beginning. But yeah. yes, that is some of my I, favorite I, that's Star Wars. To your point, just, of if yeah. you want to do a sitcom, you could do it that way, and I bet it would be more well received. As long as you had them, they have to be stationed on an outpost where they're barely getting any news. They hate their jobs, and they're kind of questioning whether or not they want to do this. And yeah. then a bunch of just stuff breaks, and they've got a you know random. Random weirdness happens. That yeah, I, I would that also like the idea of like, drops a rock on their head, and they're like, "Crap, stinking yeah. teddy bears." I would also they, like they the idea have any of stakes to it. They can't have stakes. Like, yeah. say their speeders are broken, and they're like, "Oh, they won't, they won't authorize the the shipment for this." And it's like, "Yeah, because they're spending all the money on the Death Star." Right. right. And yes. I, I like the idea of like the Empire pinching pennies to the, <laughs> to the outside. That's, I think that would be a funny. That plot happens line. in yeah. Rebels. Thrawn is like, "Listen, the Death Star is a waste of money. We need to build these super advanced space fighters that can stand up to the X wings and the." And they're just like, well, but we need all the money f for Grand Moff Tarkin's pet project. Literally, that that is a thing that comes up That's in great. Star Wars Rebels. That's great. Um, the sitcom is Grief Karga, Carl Weathers' character, and the uh, blue guy, Horatio Sands' yeah, character. There you that go. Is, That's that is good. the sitcom, by I the way, that, yes. of them, like, just That's the day-to-day -day of running of running things on their planet. <laughs> and, yeah. What do you mean we're out of blue milk? <laughs> <laughs> well, go, go milk the funny-looking thing with four big boobs. <laughs> Drink and, it right and how tea. many? And but here's the question: How many stomachs? That's what we don't four, know. Four, because they're based oh, on yeah, cows. Four. Oh, there you go. Right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not two stomachs. I, again, I we started to say this. I can't recommend highly enough. Go watch Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, I'm excited you know to now watch the prequels and then Obi Wan Kenobi and then the original trilogy. Like, ba not back to back. I guess maybe over like a 24 hour period, I could do that. But anyway, go watch it. Enjoy. J.D. T-Bone Smith, thank you for joining us here on Nerd Association once again. Y'all, you can hear T-Bone every day, of course, on Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1 The Fan, 3 to 6 p.m. If you listen to the live radio, or of course, you can stream all the episodes online at 971thefan.com. Also, Chops and I are on the most recent episode of Bone and Beam United, which is our soccer podcast that we do. Give and us the elevator pitch. Well, we, we have decided basically there are fans in Columbus who like soccer, and so we talk about soccer to those fans, but we are fans of the crew. Beam is a fan of Manchester United, the Premier League English mm -hmm. soccer. So we talk mostly. I'm a big Columbus. West Ham guy. There you West Ham guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. 
Perfect. That's your new team because of the movie that we watched. Yes. But you can hear Chops and Daniel both talking about Green Street Hooligans, movie that I had them hop on and review very graciously of them to come on and break that down. That was a lot of fun. But typically what we talk about is U.S. men's national team and women's national team, Premier League and Champions League, and of course the Columbus crew. So if you like soccer, you like those things. There you go. That's a podcast, Bone and Beam United. And of course, they're a lot of fun to listen to because they are two consummate professionals and also goofballs. I, I don't know about that. And you We're can drunk f- usually when we do it. So <laughs> I'm sure it never gets off the rails. You, never. You can find Bone and Beam United wherever you downloaded this. You can find it there. There you go. Thanks for listening, folks. If you want to reach out to us, tell us some of your favorite moments from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tell us what Star Wars you're looking forward to. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is nerdassoc. That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can reach out to us via email, nerdassoc at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about next. Maybe even come on and be one of our nerds. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Nerd